Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited for you to listen to the 50th episode of Embrace Your Strengths podcast. This episode is with Kristen Schell, who's the founder of the Turquoise Table. You're going to hear the story about how putting a turquoise table in her front yard has welcomed neighbors and encouraged others across the globe to love the friends and strangers around them. You'll also hear about Kristen's top five Clifton strengths, which are the backbone of who she is and what she does. To celebrate, I have a giveaway of her lovely and inspiring book called The Turquoise Table. To enter, you'll you'll need to subscribe and review on Embrace Your Strengths podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. More details are on my Instagram at Barbara Colwell. Enjoy listening to Kristen. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. Y'all are in for such a big treat today to hear from Kristen Shell, the turquoise lady. Welcome, Kristen. Hello. I'm so glad to be here today, Barbara. Oh, this is just so fun to um, to get to get a little peek into you and your life and what you've been doing and tell people about the turquoise table. So I would love for you just to tell a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where you are. Sure. Well, I live in Austin, Texas, and my husband, Tony, and I have been married 25 years, and we have four children, and three are in college, and one is still in high school. So um, being a mama is is the biggest part of my life um, right now. But for the past 10, 12 years, I have had a ministry called The Turquoise Table, And it all started when I put a picnic table in my front yard, painted it turquoise because that's my favorite color, and invited people to come do life outside in the front yard um, and just hang out. And it was it it was born out of um, a need, really, a need that I had to connect with people, and I was finding it hard to do that. And so this picnic table certainly met a need in my life. And then it began to meet a need in other people's lives. And today there are thousands of turquoise tables um, in all 50 states. And I don't remember how many countries around the world, but um, it's just become this simple place to gather and offer hospitality to one another. Well, I just love everything about it. I love just... um just your vision and how so many different ways God's used you. I have your book and I love um, just reading the stories about so many things that I want our listeners to hear a little bit about. But I think about even when I first came to your house for a book signing and my daughter and I knocked on the door and it was like the wrong day, but you were so hospitable to us. (laughs) And do you I love that? Of course I remember. And I loved it because it was so, it was A, first of all, something I would have done and have done. And B, it was just, I thought it was a sweet just connection point for us to have that we wouldn't have had on, you know, the day of the, the regular event. So I took it as as a little gift from God. 
I know. Well, it was so fun. And it was just, um, I mean, my daughter was like, mom, but I'm like, oh, well, let's just knock on the door. Cause it, I, I don't know if it was rainy that day, but it was going to be an outside book signing. And I saw your turquoise table and, but then you were just like, well, uh, come on in. And we visited and I loved experiencing your hospitality, which wasn't uh, on your agenda for that day, but you just are a hospital bill person. So well, I'm glad that, I mean, that you experienced that and that you just named that for me because hospitality wasn't something that I I thought I had or even something I wanted. And so that's part of the the beauty and the story of the turquoise table was that it was really a journey of God leading and teaching me about hospitality and then really even giving me the confidence that, yes, it was a gift that I had because um, I really I didn't believe it. I didn't I, I didn't think that, that I didn't have the confidence to think this was something that that I was gifted with. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's peel back that a little bit more and just um, just give a little more of that backstory of kind of the original when the turquoise table was birthed and how that happened and just kind of some some things that you've been learning about that since then. So I, um, when, you know, I mentioned that Tony and I have four children. And so when they were little, life was crazy, as you can imagine. And I didn't have a lot of margin in my life um, to certainly invite people into my home or host um, gatherings. And while these were things I wanted to do, I mean, they just weren't practical. I mean, our house was never clean and I was spent more time in the minivan than I did in my kitchen. And so I knew there had to be a way to connect with people other than the traditional ways that I knew how, which, which I thought were bringing people to the table or cooking meals or hosting gatherings. And when it became abundantly clear that those were not going to be, you know, viable options for me, I started asking God, like, what can I do? Um, and and he, he really first taught me the difference between entertaining and hospitality. And so entertaining has a purpose. I love to entertain, but it, it takes the focus Mo- or mostly off the guest and really puts it on me, um, which kind of sounds selfish. And there's a need for that at some point. You have somebody has to set a table. Somebody has to to provide. Um, but but entertainment puts the host kind of, if you will, on a stage, and that's that's not what hospitality is at all. In fact, it's it's the complete opposite. Hospitality in Greek means love of strangers, and so. We can be hospitable um, in many, many ways. You hosting this podcast is a beautiful gift of hospitality. And so God gave me just unique visions and and examples of ways that hospitality could look outside of the box other than entertaining, which is kind of where I had put it for all these years. And so a simple picnic table outside in my front yard without having, you know, I could show up empty outside with nothing but myself. And that's, that was, that was the lesson was that, um, we just want to be together. People crave, um, community time together. And it didn't matter all of the bells and whistles, if you will, that, that I would get distracted by sometimes. And so that, that, I still have to learn that lesson. Um, I still want to make a pretty table or busy myself in the kitchen with a fabulous meal. Um, 
and and that has a time and place, but so does just simply showing up and listening. Yeah, that's that's so good. I think probably even as I think about just other people that I have felt welcomed in their homes, it's kind of sad to say the list is sort of short. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I have a friend in Dallas that anytime I would stop at her house, she would say, come on in. And kind of like how you open the door to me, but she's like, do you want some tea? I mean, it was just like so simple, but just the welcome, welcoming posture is what's so, so inviting to others. And yeah, tell me, I mean, I loved, as I read your book, just envisioning you as you kind of were experiencing that hospitality in France. And I don't know, I just love the whole package of how you explain just the backstory, but just tasting that yourself and wanting to make more headway with it. And obviously the turquoise table has been just a a stake in the ground for that. Yes. Well, and, and, you know, it's a true reminder when I tell this story that God has been in the details all my life, you know, and, and the same with everyone listening, God has been planning, um, and subtly revealing, um, you know, your, your gifts and your strengths to you. And so I mentioned, um, earlier that hospitality means love of strangers. And when I was in, uh, high school, I was almost 15 years old. I was flunking French in high school and flunking wasn't an option. And apparently the career counselor or the guidance counselor told my parents, oh, she'll never get into college if she has an F on her transcript. You need to do something about this. And they tried tutors and that didn't work. And I mean, I could not master, you know, any of the language. And so there were a bunch of, uh, students that were doing an exchange program that summer. And so my parents sent me abroad to France. And again, it was the summer I turned 15. So I was young Mm -hmm. and I couldn't speak French. Remember I was flunking. And so all of a sudden, yeah, now, yes, thank you. But at the time it, this was, I mean, it sounds like a dream now. I mean, if someone offered, you know, to go to France for 10 weeks, I would be on the next plane. But at the time, it felt more like a punishment. Um, And I was, you know, literally diving into my biggest weakness. I was failing French. Um, I was a homebody. I did not like to go away to summer camp. I didn't like sleepovers. And so now I was going to be an ocean away, away from my parents in a foreign land. And what I know now is that God was teaching me to be the stranger and to be the foreigner in the foreign land and receive hospitality um, and so that I would someday know how to reciprocate. And, you know, of course, I thought I was just going to learn French. And I ended up being a French major, by the way. So that's kind Uh-oh. of, a, you know, yeah. I did learn to speak French. But but it was it was in those moments where I was taken care of by complete strangers in a home where I couldn't speak the language and I didn't know what the food or the meals were and couldn't have gotten my way out of a tiny little village, you know, in Eastern France to save my life. I didn't know really where I was. And, and yet I was surrounded, um, by, by love and was well taken care of. And so those were, that's really the root of my experience with hospitality. 
Um, and it feels dramatic now at the time, you know, I didn't know that's what God was doing because mm-hmm. this wasn't a Christian home. And so it wasn't um, modeled, you know, as love of Jesus. Um, but God uses everything. And so as a young and vulnerable and scared teenager, I I felt firsthand what it could be like to be loved by strangers. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, let's kind of um, peel back a little bit about you and who you are and your strengths and kind of how what how your Clifton strengths are really the fabric of just what you're doing now and just how you're loving what you're doing and impacting other people because you're using your gifts and talents and strengths. So tell us what your um, top five Clifton strengths are and a little bit about what that journey has been like for you in understanding those. So my strengths are I'm an activator, adaptability, connectedness, positivity, and communication. And Interestingly, I've actually taken the Strength Finders test three times, <laughs> and that's because yeah. it's been offered either in, um, you know, classes I was taking or or just out of interest. And so, those th- th- there are one or two that have changed over time, but but those are consistent. You know, the top five were consistent all the way through all three of them, and I my journey you know, through Clifton, I think it actually was my father who is a, um, he retired from, um, from his law practice and he became a coach, a career coach and just a, and he uses Clifton. Um, and so I think he, one year he gave it to all the kids to take and and do our strengths. So that was my introduction to it. And then, um, the most recent test, um, or experience I've had with it was done through our church and I participated in a year-long spiritual formation course, if you will, or cohort um, through Fuller University um, and Fuller Seminary um, at our church, Covenant Presbyterian here in Austin. And one of the the parts of our spiritual formation was really a deep dive into who God created us to be. And so I retook um, the Clifton strengths through that. And it was so eye-opening, um, and I needed it at that time because I don't know about you or anybody listening, but I tend to forget, you know, a little. I mean, who God created me to be. I could be knee-deep in the middle of ministry or in the middle of doing something that I know is a calling, and still have moments of like, "Who am I?" You know, and it's yeah. so easy to you know, compare ourselves or see on social media what somebody else is doing and think, I want her gift or hear someone speak. And and it was so moving and impactful that, you know, we try to mimic maybe what they're doing. And um, that can, it, you know, to some extent be okay because that's how we learn. But when we divert from who God created us to be, it is so, so helpful to have this information to go back. And every time I go back and and read sort of the descriptions and then my notes of, of what an activator is or what positivity or connectedness means for me, it's like these bells go off and it's just like, oh, duh, <laughs> this yeah. is so exactly, you know, it's just a it's just a reminder and a gift from God 
that he created me and you and everyone listening on purpose with a plan and with unique gifts and talents. Yeah. Well, so even as you think about just what you're doing with the turquoise table, how specifically do you see some of those showing up? Well, right now, 100% adaptability. Just with COVID and the past 18 months, um, the ministry that um, that God so generously gave and I was leading and, you know, and enjoying came to a screeching halt. Um, a lot of what I was doing was speaking engagements. And so, I wasn't out and with people, connecting with people or sharing mm-hmm. the story or encouraging or teaching anymore. And that that was hard. Um, yeah. And so it caused me to remember that one of my strengths is adaptability and being able to, you know, to to adapt and change and be flexible and open-minded um, doesn't mean I still have all the answers or I was able to figure it all out, but it just is a strength that it, it didn't send me into the, you know, into bed in a fetal position <laughs> and trying to figure it out. Um, and, and so that, that's a gift. God knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. I um, think I, I was at a book signing, a couple of book signings with you, but one about your book, and I bought lots of copies of it and gave a lot of them away to some of the women I was um, mentoring that Thank year. Thank you. I, I love everything about it, but I love the cover. I love, I love the space and the font. I love the stories and the pictures, but I think about your communication strength, and I think... Obviously, when when someone has any strength, we tend to think, well, that was easy. No big deal. And I don't know. I think especially in our culture, we all can benefit from people that do have communication strength, but especially if you're writing a book or um, speaking. And I just love all the the different stories. And it's just like they each, you know, it just brought me in. And even just the, I mean, I don't know. I just. I read a lot of books, but I, it's just so inviting the book, the, the color pictures and, but just your stories and the way that you're leading the person and just making it a way that is making the point, but I want to keep listening. And I think I see, you know, just your positivity and that, that you're fun. I mean, I don't know. I just see all of your strengths in action and it's really benefiting me. And I know lots and lots of other people. Well, thank you for that affirmation because communication is one of my strengths, but mm-hmm. that is the hardest one for me to believe. Really? And, yes. And I I struggled writing the book. I struggle. In fact, I have a deadline of last week and I still haven't turned in a simple devotional that I know God will give me the words to write. But man, I put the pressure on myself. And mm-hmm. so that's a dance that God and I do all the time together. And I resist. He provides, <laughs> he shows up, but communication, I mean, I, I, I feel more comfortable speaking mm-hmm. and I, you know, that is, that is where I, 
I believe and can acknowledge that maybe I have been given a gift. Yeah. Writing, on the other hand, absolutely not. And I, I, I don't think I will ever believe, even with a published book, that I am a writer. And part of that, you know, I think it's interesting, the narratives that we have to retell ourselves and some of the lies that we can believe about ourselves, even um, ones from long ago. I was told in high school um, on written on a paper that was just red ink, you know, full of mistakes that I would never be a writer and that mm. I would be lucky to pass this class. And, you know, those were pretty damaging words. To, yeah. And, and I, even though I have gotten over that actual incident, I wonder how much of that is still internalized. And, um, and, and, and I do have many writer friends and none of, I do not know a single friend who is, or a writer who has ever said, oh, I just sit down and it just comes and it's a gift and it's easy. So mm-hmm. I don't expect that, but there's some sort of, um, there's something that God is still working in me and believing that communication is actually a strength. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to acknowledge that though, too, because, um, we're all still works in process. And just because Clifton and God and we have identified ourselves as having these special areas, it doesn't mean that check, done, you know, mission accomplished. Well, and I think especially communication is, to me, it's one of the more tangible um, strengths to develop because it's, you know, you can speak, you can write, you can, um, gather with people. But I think, yeah, like you said, sometimes it shows up more in one way or another with people. I know one of my friends is like, I don't know if I have communication, even though it was on her list. And she, but then she's like, well, I really do love my thesaurus. And so it's like, you know, she, people with communication do just have this natural ability to put words in a way that that makes sense or that people want to listen to. And so do you, are there any, are there other ways that you've specifically developed your communication strength? Oh, absolutely. I think just practicing conversation Mm -hmm. and this is going to sound counterintuitive, but actually being silent and listening to Mm. others share their stories and, and what they have to say, you would think that that's not, communication because it's it's letting someone else you know have the floor mm-hmm. so to speak but that to me is is really where i find the beauty um and and listening to someone else you know share their story and then either through my own experience or through maybe a through the holy spirit um being able to you know speak back to them and give them affirmation or repeat something about their story that maybe i heard differently than they would have ever processed and so that's a that's a gift of um communication that has definitely taken time and practice and patience um because i think communication naturally we think of speaking and filling space or f- using words and and a very active um, um, discipline, but listening is very active as well. So yeah. that's part of communication that I think some of us don't often think of. And, um, and you can be an incredible listener, um, mm-hmm. which is, is highly gifting in the communication area. Yeah. Well, and even as you were saying that example, I think of that 
paired with your connectedness strength of like you're you're seeing the connections with what someone's telling you or maybe what you know God says about that situation or in a that's just a natural way that you see it as you're absorbing what someone's saying and so that I like that idea of part of that is listening and paying attention to whatever they're what you're hearing or reading from that other person. So um, that kind of, it it can, you probably don't even notice it, but it's like you're doing that as you're with someone and you, you have this bigger picture about that conversation. I think, you know, you're right. Like I didn't notice it at first. I do now because I've spent time with my gifts. I've spent time, you know, sort of honing, um, connecting skills through the table and, and through the ministry. And so connectedness, I get as a strength like that when I, I mean, hands down, you know, it just resonates. And I know that that is a gift God has given me. And so that one's more fun <laughs> to, to live into just because I see it in myself. I see it reflected um, in others when, you know, when it's something God's put me in a situation to be part of. And so that one, that one I really get. I also get activator. Um, that to me is, and that one I think has been my number one, all the times I've taken it, my number one strength. And um, part of that is also just, it can be a little impulsive because I will, I often leap before I think. And so I've had to learn to kind of tame that down sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm full of ideas and there's this natural energy and um, and I can rally the troops and get people going. Um, it's also, as I'm aging, it's also exhausting. And so I've had to learn to adapt <laughs> to that gift as well um, because um, it, it, you know, I'm slowing down in, in many areas of life. And it's just uh, sometimes I also don't think of the repercussions or, you know, the cost of what some of these great ideas may take Um, and not just financially, but physically and spiritually and emotionally. And so that's been fun to um, sort of observe my maturity in, in those gifts as well. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I know you probably have zillions of encouraging stories and just as you hear from people with their turquoise tables, even around the world, but as you think about when when you're at your best using all of these strengths which some days might look might be you might be able to show up with all of your strengths a little more effectively but when is when there's a time or two that you just think wow that was amazing and I rocked it there I mean not to be like braggy but just like it's because of who you are and that happened and that was an amazing time you know, it's it, it's stories that will never make the highlight reel on Instagram or whatnot because ninety nine point nine percent when I when I feel that way, it's when I was the most unprepared mm. because then it's it, there's little bit of Kristen and a whole lot of God and mm-hmm. you know a little bit just because i have to show up right and so um but but when i and i can feel it i can feel it when i'm speaking i could feel it when i invite people to the table um when spon- people spontaneously would come by like when you and your daughter showed up those are the moments where you know th- there's no planning and so when we're open and we allow 
that it's not a mistake, you know, that there might have been, I don't know, in, in the grand significance, you know, of life, if, if what that might have meant. Um, but it, but there was a connection that happened. Look at us, you know, all these years later on a podcast together. And so, yeah. you know, so there, there are, when we show up, I, I like to describe it as, which is again, counterintuitive as we know, Jesus kind of operated, you know, in, in, in counterintuitive ways. But when we show up to a table empty, that puts us into the best posture. And so when, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to prepare, I'm not saying always show up empty, but, but having that posture of, okay, I'm not relying on my strengths. Um, they're there. God has given them to me. I'm just going to show up and let God, you know, work through that. And I mean, I, there are so many times that that has happened and those are the best times. Same with like, even when I'm speaking in front of a large audience, if I think in advance, I've got this, I've got my speech outlined and, you know, I'm going to rock it and my earrings are great and, you know, my shoes fit good. You know, those are the times when it comes across and it's not as, I don't feel as genuine. I don't feel as authentic. And when I just show up sometimes late, lost, confused with a sore throat, those are when I can see in the the reflections of people's eyes and and the you know when when I engage with people after that those are the times when God has used me most. And I think that's a lesson for all of us no matter our strengths that when we operate from our weakness, I mean that's straight out of scripture. You know, it allows him to be strong. And um and so that's that's my favorite way now um to to approach things is just it's out of my control. I can do what little I can, you know, and then, and then really yield, but that's not natural. <laughs> I mean, I, I still yeah. want to control things. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, that reminds me of a time when, um, years ago when this, this friend had been at our house and later he said, Barbara, I remember that you served me iced tea at your house. I'm like, really? Well, Warren made a great steak or, you know, but it was just that he had never felt the, um, as a white person, he was Hispanic and just that he felt so loved by my iced tea. And, and that, I don't know, I think oh. of, like you're saying, it's like, it's not the fancy chocolate pie or my amazing chocolate chip cookies. You know, it's just the love that we can show someone. And I, I mean, I just think, and it's such that models it. I can't tell you when it, this is an interesting thing that I never would have expected is that years of having women in my house and in my front yard and whatnot, um, I have learned just to, to, to not make it such a big deal, you know, and to just that simple really, really is best, but that models it for other women and they come in and they're like, I am so glad to see four pairs of shoes by your front door. Or I am so glad to see that there are dishes in your sink. And it is so helpful to know that all I have to do is, you know, have coffee from this morning still on, you know, the, the pot. And, and that is, it, it's, that's all we want, you know, it, and, and we want to, it takes away the entertainment factor mm-hmm. that I was talking about earlier. And, you know, we're starving for community and we're starving for connection, especially coming out of this pandemic, if we're coming out of it. You know, I, I never know whether we are or we aren't, but but we have been, you know, in isolation and in lonely together. Yeah. And, and, and so as we come back out, these simple things, I think there's a huge paradigm shift 
um, with what's important. I'm seeing it in the, in the connections and the gatherings limited, you know, that they are, that we're having. Um, there's a, it's actually, it's freeing. Um, and I hope that women and, and men too, but I hope that as we open up our homes and lives to others, as we, you know, reemerge, that there's that, that the connection is really what we're after. Um, and not the, and not the bells and whistles. Yeah, that's, that's so good. Well, I know it, you mentioned that you had some kind of extra, um, input about learning more about your strengths, but what, what would you, how would you encourage someone that maybe has never even take the Clifton strengths assessment or, um, just kind of what, what the benefit is of understanding your strengths? Uh, first of all, take it, take the, you know, it's online. It's so simple. Um, I hate tests by nature. And so I tend to, you know, sort of tense up and think I'm going to fail. You can't fail this. This is you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very intuitive. It's very well done. Um, and so I would encourage anyone to do it, but I think it would be even more impactful if you do it with someone and maybe not take the test at the same time, but have someone you can, bounce ideas off someone that maybe knows you well, um, a best friend or a sister or a husband or someone. Um, because that was what I had the, the last, the most recent time I've taken this is that we, we did it as part of a community. And so we were able to share each other's gifts. We were able to, to, to really see, you know, the gifts, you know, manifest, um, and, and, and the people in our small cohort. And, that to me was so life-giving. It was to have people really affirm that and like, oh, I could have guessed your five strengths, you know, before you even took the test. And yeah. there's just something so um, valuable about, about learning about yourself in community. And that can feel vulnerable and that can feel kind of scary, but this is not scary stuff. I mean, this is, this is, um, you know, high level, um, but important, um, just, information about who God created you to be. Yeah. Well, and that's, um, you know, like we talked about, that's what I love doing with um, core clarity, which kind of adds the color and clarity to people's strengths. And just, it is amazing every time I am with a group or a couple or even one-on-one, -on -one, it's, it's so insightful. I mean, one time with a group of five couples, it was like, all these lights going on with so many people, like a lot of them had some of the same strengths, but, but then the person that maybe only, they're the only one that has that particular strength, but they can feel understood and seeing other people can even see the value of the strengths. I mean, we all, we all gravitate, I think, to people that are similar to us and we know that strength, or, I mean, I know usually people with empathy or harmony or, but it's like, I need all these other people that have the other strengths that I don't have. And so I don't know. I just think it's just such a, an easy way to understand ourselves and the people we love and we work with. And so I don't know. Absolutely. Pretty, pretty no, I, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think, and I think it's a great, um, it's just an exercise, a fun thing to do with people, you know, I just, I think it just lightens it up and, and makes it just that much more impactful. Are there any other tidbits that kind of, that you have on your heart that you'd love to share about turquoise table or strengths, or I mean, it's just fun just to kind of get a little peek into you and what you're doing and how your strengths have kind of just driven the things that you're doing. 
Well, I mean, it was it was really a gift to spend time in my gifts and reading about them again, just in preparation for this today. Because I, like I said, I've been, we're all in a season of transition, but I'm in a season of transition um, with three kids now in college and and one still in high school and sort of that, what am I getting, you know, what does God want me to do with the ministry of the turquoise table? What you know, who am I supposed to be? And so it's, it's to me, you know, these are very, they're fluid and, and they, you know, we grow and expand with these gifts. Um, and it's, it's helpful to check in, you know, and check in and say, you know, well, I, if, if I'm an activator, you know, where might I be called to initiate something, you know, now, not, not what I was doing 10 years ago. Yeah. And, so I, I'm in that process. I mean, I wish I had an answer straight up for you, but um, Tony and I are really, we're kind of Hi, thinking. I'm Sarah Ward, you know, and my husband what, James next and I work in our lives in San Antonio. Transition as to empty nesting. We and have how do loved we want to how Barbara has led our team's workshop and, with intentionality and, and care. What and we that love might look like. So it's, we've been it's able been to focus in on where to, talents you know, specifically align with our jobs to be reminded. That whatever as a team, it's brought us more unity and respect the, for one another for as we see the array of personalities, he's given as well as the gift of awareness of to move into it with. Since yeah. Barbara works with us as yeah, individuals exciting, outside of our team think, workshop, it like gives us say, the opportunity to transition process our unique gifting that we bring to the table and how they contribute as a whole. It's given our team the vision to work more out of each gift effort and energy each person feels empowered. Leaning into those is going to be exciting, but okay, well, what is that going to be? You can go to Barbara's You know, just last night, I lead a group of the University of Texas Young Life small group. And so they're a group of freshman young women and we meet once a week and it has been the biggest joy and delight to meet with these young women and um, serve as a, you know, young life leader and mentor um, to them. And I have a co-leader and she is decades younger, newly married. And so we have sort of three stages of life, you know, if you will, we have the students and then, you know, newly married professional career, you know, starting out and, and then, and then me, you know, sort of the mom of the group. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about transitions last night and every single one of us, regardless of age and where we were from, you know, we're all in a season of transition and it looks very different. And yet those core longings and, and desires were all the same. And so it was so, it was so just beautiful to recognize that wherever you are in your stage of life, you know, you're probably going through a transition or you will, um, and you need to be reminded of who God created you to be. And so that was, for me, it was just, it was so, it was so affirming to know that, oh, maybe I, we're all in the same boat, just at different stages. Right. Well, and I love your little post about um, cooking with her and just that little fun connection with that gal. Yes. So this is, uh, this is such a God story as they all are. But um, when I signed up to be a Young Life leader, um, knowing I had a little bit of margin in my life to do something that, that was so impactful for my children. And they were like, well, we would love to assign you a co-leader and maybe someone a little bit younger. And, and would that be okay? And I'm like, of course that would be delightful. Yeah. Well, it turns out she's my neighbor. She, 
she and her husband, they just got married. She lives literally two blocks away. That's unreal. And it's unreal. And so she's, you know, she came over for the very first time and I was cooking dinner because I had to get dinner on the plate or on the, on the table. And she was like, I would just love to, to spend time in the kitchen with you. And I was like, what a sweet gift, you know, that, that doing what I do and using my gifts and then, and then, you know, allowing her to be, she brings me such joy and delight. So it's, it's, it's just fun to have her in the kitchen with me. So we're thinking about putting it on Instagram and just sharing what we cook and what we're teaching each other. People will love that. Isn't that fun? I'll, I'll be watching it. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's I haven't been in the kitchen much. And that was so much a part of my ministry. And with kids moving away and then with, you know, kind of the pandemic. And and so it there are seasons and and it was fine to rest and to to take mm-hmm. that time off, but there are also times to jump back in. And so it that's that's a new, a new thing on my plate, which I'm delighted about. Well, that's fun. Well, um, usually my last question is what has brought you joy or put a smile on your face recently, but maybe that is what you would say, or is there anything else that kind of comes to mind? Well, it's that. It's being around this age and stage of life, meaning these students, the student population. And um, so, like I said, Tony and I have three children in college. And and two of them are here at the University of Texas. And so I see them, I see their friends and watching them, um, you know, leave home and, and then blossom into who God's creating them to be is, it is, it is the biggest joy. And I thought I would dread, you know, empty nesting. And I thought I would dread like having them leave. Um, but when they come home now, it is, it's such, it is, that is, that is, I love this stage of parenting. That's great. Well, Kristen, this has been just so fun just to talk with you and just hear a little bit about your life, what's going on, and just kind of these next steps that you're asking God for in your life. But um, thank you so much for being a part of Embrace Your Strengths today. Loved it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at Barbara Colwell. C-U-L-W-E-L-L dot com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.